Hey, this is Sean. This is a bonus episode of Derailed. It'll be a lot more fun if you listen to the full podcast first. So if you haven't already, go back and start with episode one. Okay, bonus episode. This is the stuff that got left on the cutting room floor. You might be thinking, they had six episodes of Derailed and somehow there's still more material? But look, what you're about to hear in this episode is some of our absolute favorite stuff. It just didn't quite fit with the rest of the story. Because as you know, this story happened over the course of decades. There's just a lot there. And if you've made it this far, we think you'll be as into this episode as we are. So what are you going to hear about in this episode? How about a theory we have that the 2016 Olympics could have given a boost to Wisconsin's bid for a high-speed rail line? How about a comparison of the end of Jim Doyle's governorship to the end of Scott Walker's governorship? How one lame duck compared to the other? And how Wisconsin's train fit into that? And some updates. Just because the podcast is over doesn't mean the story is. From Wisconsin Public Radio, I'm Sean Johnson. And I'm Bridget Bowden. This is Derailed. There's a really key detail in the high-speed rail saga that sometimes gets overlooked. And we touched on it briefly in episode three, but we want to drive it home here. That detail? That it was not technically Scott Walker who halted this project. Technically, it was former Governor Jim Doyle. Two days after the election, Doyle paused work on the rail line, and it never started back up again. So why didn't we make a bigger deal out of this? Because Walker ran against this train. And Ray LaHood, President Obama's transportation secretary, told us that it was Walker who killed it. They talked after the 2010 election. LaHood tried to get Walker to change his mind, but Walker would not budge. And that was that. But other people who wanted this rail project remember Doyle's role in the decision, vividly. And they blame Doyle for not fighting harder. On a recent Saturday morning at the Dane County Farmer's Market in Madison, Diane and Tim Oswald had a lot to say about Doyle. He understood where the incoming government stood on it, and he backed off. And he shouldn't have. He didn't want to deal with it, yeah. yeah. Doyle really needs to be blamed for that. He should have just signed it and own it. And he could today take credit for it. What is he so a little more context here. Scott Walker was elected on November 2nd, 2010. But Doyle was still governor, and he would still be governor for another two months. He was what's commonly referred to as a lame duck. But a lame duck governor is still a governor. Doyle was still running state government, and some Democrats thought he should have run it more aggressively. Remember Spencer Black, the Democratic state representative from Madison who got that $50 million in rail bonding put in the budget way back in 1993? Black was still a state representative in 2010, and he wanted Doyle to move forward with the rail line, even after Walker's election. Oh, I thought at the time, it's not even at hindsight, I mean, right at the time, I thought, no, you should just get this done. Jim Doyle is aware of this sentiment. We asked him about it, about the feeling among some Democrats that he should have locked in the rail line. But Doyle doesn't feel like he ever had a choice. Frank, I've heard that said. I'm thinking, does anybody really think I didn't want this train? I mean, I... Uh, more than anybody in the 
you know, the whole story. I'm the one that brought this train here. I would love to have had the train. Doyle says the rail project was still in the early stages in November of 2010. The U.S. DOT wasn't moving as quickly as he'd hoped. So he says he could have kept it moving for a while, but he didn't think that was fair to workers who would be fired once Walker took office in January. There was no way in the world you could say somebody go to work on something that you're going to have to quit working on in 30 days. You know, so that's that's the reality of where we were. All of this is viewed in a different light in 2019 than it would have been a few years ago. Because when Scott Walker was a lame duck governor at the end of 2018, he viewed his situation much, much differently. After Walker lost the 2018 election, Republican lawmakers moved quickly to pass laws that would limit the power of his Democratic successor, Tony Evers. And Scott Walker was fine with this. He supported it. Well, the will of the voters four years ago was to elect me to a term that ends January 7th. And so I don't stop. Even though the media treats an election as though that's the end of a term, it's not. So should Doyle have done the same thing with the train? His top deputy, Dan Schoof, says no. Schoof was running Doyle's Department of Administration during his last months in office. He says Doyle did the honorable thing. Yeah, is, is Governor Doyle not vindictive and partisan? No, he's not. We'll let history judge those eight years versus his eight years, you know? Um, but I think, yeah, they're, they're, this partisan jamming of things wasn't his thing and ultimately probably isn't good for the state. Sometimes when you're working on a story like this, it takes you places you didn't expect to go. Like, there's an element to the story that you hadn't really considered going in. But once you discover it, you can't get it out of your mind. For us, it's the Olympics. The 2016 Olympics. And we know that probably sounds completely out of the blue. But this idea stuck with us, and we're going to talk you through it. So you might not remember this, but Chicago was one of four cities that were vying for the 2016 Summer Games. And when a city bids for the Olympic Games, it takes a lot of work. They need a detailed plan of where people will stay and where the events will be held. And Chicago's plan included a cycling course in a neighboring state, in Wisconsin, just outside of Madison. Now, in reporting on this podcast, we went through a lot of archive audio. You heard bits and pieces of it, but we listened to hours upon hours of old hearings and press conferences. And one of those press conferences was the one in 2009 where Governor Jim Doyle announced the Talgo deal. And this comment caught our attention. Imagine being able to get on a high-speed train in Chicago uh, for all those Olympic visitors and to be able to come and see the biking events uh, here in Madison. Interesting, right? Doyle was using Chicago's Olympic bid to promote a new passenger rail line to Madison. And this wasn't just an aside. Doyle even spoke to the International Olympic Committee in 2009, and he told reporters about it after the meeting. There was quite a bit of discussion I had with uh, individual members of the commission. Uh, there was my formal presentation, but afterwards I had a chance to talk with um, most of them individually. And, um, and, and they were very interested in, in the potential of uh, really high-quality, high-speed passenger rail connecting uh, Chicago with Madison. Part of the reason this stuck with us is that we were trying to figure out why the high-speed rail funding in the 2009 federal stimulus bill grew by so much so fast. At the start, there was no high-speed rail money. And at the end, 
there was $8 billion. And a similar thing happened in Wisconsin. At first, the state was just looking to upgrade the Chicago to Milwaukee Hiawatha rail line. By the end, it was asking for the full amount to extend the line to Madison. And the state got it, every single dime. And as we tracked the process of the stimulus bill, we realized all the rail funding got added at the last minute. And here's where this kind of turned into a conspiracy theory. Because who was involved in that last step of the process for the stimulus bill? The White House, the president, Barack Obama. So if he's the one who really wanted this rail funding, we couldn't help but wonder, why? We had a theory. Barack Obama is from Chicago, and he really wanted the 2016 Olympics to come to his hometown. What if his hometown needed that high-speed rail line to Madison to win its bid for the Games? We started looking for what he said about the Olympics, and we found this promotional video. I wanted to take this opportunity to speak with you because I deeply believe in the Olympic mission and have long supported hosting the Olympic and Paralympic Games in my home city of Chicago. What really got us about that video is when Obama made it, November 21st, 2008, just a few weeks after he won the election. He wasn't even president yet. And here he was, pitching a Chicago Olympic Games. This didn't stop. Less than a year later, while President Obama was in the thick of the healthcare debate, he left the country with First Lady Michelle Obama, they went to Copenhagen to make a last-minute pitch for a Chicago Games. I was born and raised on Chicago's south side, not far from where the Games would open and close. And so, I urge you to choose Chicago. I urge you to choose America. We were so curious about this that we actually tried to get an interview with President Obama but we never heard back. So we asked someone in his cabinet instead, his transportation secretary, Ray LaHood. We asked him, did President Obama pump money into rail to fund a train to Wisconsin to strengthen the Chicago Olympic bid? Uh, the Olympics coming to Chicago and the, and the cycling portion of it for Wisconsin really played no role in the decision for funding this project. We asked other people too, and they told us no, or that they didn't remember. So you see why this didn't make the cut. But we want to share it with you because it kind of consumed us for a while. In the end, it probably doesn't matter because Chicago didn't get its Olympics and Wisconsin didn't get its train. Coming up, pieces of the high-speed rail line live on in Wisconsin. And could Madison ever have passenger rail? That's after the break. Here's something we learned while reporting this podcast that we hadn't heard anywhere else. We tend to think of the Madison to Milwaukee high-speed rail line as a project that never got off the ground. But Scott Walker's transportation secretary, Mark Gottlieb, told us that was not entirely true. Actually, some money had already been spent and some materials had already actually been purchased. So one of the things we had to do with was negotiate with the federal government. What are we going to do with this stuff? Do we have to pay you back? You know, what, how are we going to do this? The DOT had an idea. It would use this material in the state's biggest construction project. So we set out to find it. So, Bridget, we are standing under the zoo interchange in Milwaukee. And when I mean standing under the zoo interchange, I'm being literal there. 
We are literally under a piece of the zoo interchange. We parked our car on a frontage road and walked over here because we are in search of a very specific item or items that Mark Gottlieb told us about when he talked about the high-speed rail project. So we're looking for a thing called sheet pilings, which were purchased for the high-speed rail project and now have been made part of the zoo interchange here. So we're not entirely familiar with sheet pilings. We are not in the construction business, but from what we can tell, sheet pilings are often large pieces of metal, which are used to hold back the earth in large construction projects like this one. And so they put them to use here somewhere in the zoo interchange. So when you roll through here on your way to and from Madison, Milwaukee, they're here somewhere, pieces of the rail line that never happened. And so we could be standing on a piece of the rail line right now. We're standing right under the interchange. It could be right under our feet. Or we're just standing under an overpass. It could also be that. <laughs> we'll never know. If you listen to the rest of this podcast, you know that former Republican Governor Tommy Thompson was a huge part of it. Thompson proposed the Madison to Milwaukee rail line in 1999. He was putting the project in motion by early 2000. And Tommy Thompson was chairman of Amtrak. He was in a position to make this happen. Then in early 2001, he left for a job as President George W. Bush's Health and Human Services Secretary. And that's kind of where we left it at episode one. Without Tommy Thompson to push for the Madison to Milwaukee rail line, the project stalled for a decade. When Thompson went to Washington, he was still the chairman of Amtrak, but he gave that up. So we asked him, did he want to stay on Amtrak? Oh, I did. I got in a fight with the, uh, not with the president, but with uh, the chief of staff and the secretary of transportation. Thompson says that if he'd had his way, he would have done both jobs, run Amtrak and the Department of Health and Human Services. And he tried to do this, but his new bosses and the Bush administration did not like this idea. They won out and they, I got booted. And as a result of that, I lost my power, uh, you know, with Amtrak to keep pushing a Madison and Milwaukee uh, rail service. So it was a big fight, big controversy, all going on behind the scenes. and. I didn't have much support in my own department for it, and I had none in the White House and none in the Department of Transportation, so I was bound to lose. But I stayed on longer than they ever thought before I finally had to step aside. This was one of many what-ifs we ran into as we learned about this story. What if Tommy Thompson had been allowed to stay on Amtrak? Would he have pushed through this train? Like the other what-ifs, we'll never know. One of the questions we get asked since we've been working on this podcast is whether the Madison to Milwaukee passenger rail line could ever happen. And this is a question we asked the people we interviewed, too. Our best answer is, we can't say. But what we do know is that grants like the $810 million Wisconsin got to build this rail line don't come around often. We also know this. There's no regular passenger rail service to Madison, Wisconsin. And some people, like former Madison Mayor Dave Cheslevich, think there never will be. 
I do worry that we lost our chance. Um, there's also been talk from time to time about connecting Chicago to the Twin Cities through Illinois and Iowa and, a, and completely bypassing Wisconsin altogether. That would be tragic. So is that possible? Could passenger rail completely bypass Madison and even bypass Wisconsin? In a word, yes. There is a push to bring back an Amtrak line linking Chicago to Dubuque, Iowa through Rockford, Illinois. This is Amtrak's old Black Hawk line, which last ran in 1981. The railroad tracks run just to the edge of the Illinois state line without ever crossing into Wisconsin. They pass through a small town called Apple River, Illinois, where Gerald Pedraza lives. He's leading a citizens group that's making a push to bring back the Black Hawk. Pedraza imagines a train that not only connects his small town to the city, but also encourages people who work in Chicago to live in rural Illinois. We know if we can attract people back from urban America, there's going to be a positive change there. And there are signs that this could actually happen. The new Democratic governor in Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, signed a $45 billion capital bill, paid for in part by an expansion of gambling and an increase in the state's gas tax. Included in the bill, $275 million for an Amtrak line from the Chicago suburbs to Rockford. Charlie Wheeler has followed Illinois state government for 50 years, first as a reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times and later as the director of the Public Affairs Reporting Program at the University of Illinois at Springfield. He says there's a long history of passenger rail in Illinois, and it's not as controversial as it is in Wisconsin. It's certainly not that kind of an issue here. It's pretty well respected. We asked Wheeler, could this rail line happen? After all, there's money in a capital budget, and there's a rail corridor already in place. So yeah, I think it, it could be done. Now, what it would cost, and if you just look at basic geometry, it's a longer route. But it's certainly not something out of the realm of possibility. It's important to mention that there is already a passenger rail line that runs from Chicago to the Twin Cities through Wisconsin, the Amtrak Empire Builder. It has stops in a handful of Wisconsin cities, including Milwaukee, Toma, and La Crosse. And its final destination is Seattle. It comes through once a day, but it does not stop in Madison. The closest it gets is Columbus, about a 40-minute drive away. Some people are trying to add a second daily train on this line from Chicago to the Twin Cities. But it's still just an idea at this point. Other than that, there's the Amtrak-Hiawatha line between Chicago and Milwaukee. We've talked about this a lot. It's where those red and white Talgo trains were going to run. And that line remains one of the busiest in the country. And as this podcast was being released, the legislature's budget committee, the powerful Joint Committee on Finance, authorized $13 million in state funding to purchase new Amtrak train cars for the Hiawatha line. So, is that the... End of the line? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. The end of the line. Derailed is reported and produced by me, Bridget Bowden, and Sean Johnson. We're produced by Hannah Haynes and Brad Kohlberg. Edited by Noah Obshinsky. Music by Carl Christensen. Additional support from Adam Friedrich. Digital editing by Jenny Peek. Special thanks to NPR Illinois and Alana Watson. Extra special thanks to Laurel White for covering the state capitol while I worked on this podcast. 
You can subscribe to Derailed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and other podcast apps. If you like the show, make sure to give us a good rating. It'll help more people find us. You can see more at wpr.org slash derailed.